All right, welcome everybody to Moscow Mules and Knobslides. Uh, I'm Kyle. Hello, Kyle. I'm David. And we're your two hosts, and the guest of the week is Justin. Justin, how you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm uh, COVID fine is the term that I found out about this week. But, hey, uh, what's COVID fine, by the way? Yeah, what is COVID fine? COVID fine is the fact that you're alive, but you still have to deal with the, the dread of not being able to do anything or go anywhere every single day. I think I think the word "fine" is used very uh, loosely in that term. I don't I don't feel fine some days. Q life, right? Definitely better than the alternative. Uh, that's that is true. I think we uh, all like we're like I'm gonna bend everybody in the world in one you know one in three buckets. Like oh this sucks. Like we can't go anywhere until oh it's not too bad. I don't mind like just hanging out you know just doing my own thing to like all right well. I'm sick of my own house and maybe the six places I go to. Um, so yeah. What else is there? That's it. There's that's no more bins. You need more bins. That's it. That's, that's, that's <laughs> existential death ends in that category. Everybody finds your bin. Everybody find your bin. That's it. Everyone's already gotten past the hobby phase of COVID where like in the beginning, everyone's like, Oh, I'm baking bread. I'm getting into this. I'm doing this. And now everyone's just like, I'm just waiting just waiting for that day that I can finally go and see people and do stuff. It, it, it's just kind of dragging out because like you, you see the, you know, there's, there's guidance where it's like, Oh yeah, guys, Hey, listen, a hundred days and we're going to crush this curve. And you're like, Hey man, I heard that like 300 days ago. Like you've got to have a different plan for me now. Right. I saw something's got to change. I saw the most like depressing thing. Well, I would call it. It's not the most depressing thing. I know not trying to get a bunch of haters, but I saw a post from a DJ that I follow on Instagram and he's over in New Zealand and they have like 30,000 people at this event because they've been COVID free for, I don't know how long. So they can like quarantine people they bring in and all this other stuff. And like, so they're like living their life. So is Australia, I guess too. Must be cool to live on a gigantic Island. <laughs> right. <laughs> the perks of Island. Like... In the middle of nowhere. Sorry, Aussies, if you're there. I don't know if anyone out there is in the. We need to get an Aussie on here. We got to get some. I don't know if their internet connection from Australia could possibly uh, keep up. I've heard some horrible things about Australian internet. Can't get any worse than mine, Justin. <laughs> you can't. I don't think you're in good Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> Wait, are you streaming? You're streaming everything right now? <laughs> but, anyways. Live. Uh, while uh, David's internet drops in and out because the chinese are on those router um justin what are you uh sipping on this fine fine evening so i'm uh i'm pulling out something uh it's a it's a local beer i don't know if you've ever heard of it uh it goes by uh icy light um you know uh, what <laughs> it's uh it's delicious and it's been in the news lately so i figured uh i had to bust it out i walked right past the case to the iron city bottles that i have that a uh, a neighbor of mine gifted me and I almost pulled one out for this podcast, that but they're not hilarious. cold. They're not cold enough. I Man. love Iron City Light. Look at that. Look at that. Fair. He's got some swag. Oh, yeah. Fair. I've got also, um, so I have uh, Penn's half-season tickets, and my seats are right in front of the Icy Light bar section, or the Iron City bar at uh, the arena. So I have all the things they give away, like all the bottle openers and calendars and whatnot. 
So, so anybody that's not from the area, what's the what what's the best way you can describe an Iron City or an Iron City Light? Good question. Yep. So best way to describe it is actually I had a, a friend one time we did a party where we did blind taste tests of everything. So it was like blind taste tests of eight different ketchups, a bunch of different ranches, a bunch of different meat, but it was really easy to tell which one was the frog legs because they were legs and not ground meat. But we did a blind taste test of light beers. And hands down, Icy Light won the uh, blind taste test of light beers. Everyone said it it had the most flavor of all the light beers. I would agree with you. I, nice. I love to drink Iron City, especially out on a golf course. I am thinking of it Iron City in probably like plus five years. Well, Kyle, when we get to get out again, we can meet up with Justin at a bar and, and maybe... Maybe at bar sides even. We'll get to that. That yes. would be great. <laughs> that would be nice. The event you started to bring people together at a bar. Yep. <laughs> well, I, get you. I hope you didn't, start, you didn't start that in 2020, did you? That wasn't oh, a... I think you did, did you? It's funny how those timelines oh. line up, you know? Right. Anyways, we'll get well, to that in a I guess minute. We'll get, we'll get to that one. Dave, what are you sipping on? I Okay, I'll go first. So I didn't know what to grab. Uh, <laughs> I went into my cellar and I <laughs> I picked this. You went into uh, your cellar where you live in Kansas? Yeah. Uh, so you don't have cellars? It's called basement. Hmm. So I went into my basement <laughs> where I have a shelf full of aging beer and I put this one in the fridge. This is one of my favorite stouts. Uh, I don't drink a lot of stout, but this is definitely one of my favorites. It's the quadruple barrel, big Baptist, big bad Baptist from out in Colorado, Epic Brewing. Uh, basically it's just this nice blended stout that they age in both rum barrels, whiskey barrels. Um, it's, it's a little bit of coconut in there, a little bit of almond. It's it's delightful. Uh, I think this might be one of the first bourbon beers that I gave Kyle. Yep. When we first started drinking beers about a year and a half ago. No, it's um, been too. What's cool? What's what's cool about this one? It's it has a year on it. This is from 2018. This is a 2018 rare release. So I hope it's good and it aged out okay. Um, I was gonna save a lot of these so that we could you know line them up and compare them like the 2018, the 2019, the 2020. But I don't know when we're getting together again. I don't know when anybody's gonna see anybody, so I'm just gonna start drinking this stuff. What's also cool about this is this is release number 69, and uh, I didn't do that intentionally, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm an immature child, and I just <laughs> noticed that this is printed as release number 69, 11.9% alcohol uh, in a pint and a half. So I'm probably gonna get pretty buzzed up in the next hour. We Kyle. definitely have, have the weather for uh, stout, so that's a good choice. It's stout season, I guess. I don't drink stouts. Oh, in my glass, I went to Barrel Bill. This is the Dreddy Customs uh, Barrel Bill glass. All right. It's a little snifter with a, a bullet bill, but he's designed as a, a beer barrel or a cask, I guess. I don't know. That's a, that's, that's, that was, yep, as you said, that was one of my first like transition beers from being a bourbon drinker to like getting on the uh, craft beer scene. It's so heavy into bourbon that it's just, oh, it's so good. Just mm, chef's kiss. Chef's gif. kiss. I got some Kyle. nice aged ones in the fridge. I'll bring out one of these days. I had one last night. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm just, what, what do you, they're just sitting there now. They're, not, they're just taking up space. I know. I keep drinking them. I can't actually buy any more beer. I had to give away, I gave away a 12 pack of like solid beer to my buddy because I needed space in my fridge because I keep buying shit. Matter of fact, I'll be, I'm going up to Cellar Works this weekend to get that new release. Get that whip. Get, get that whip. fruit whip. Anyways, I figured I'd keep it with the Dancing Gnome theme. Uh, went back to Dancing Gnome. I had this. I think this is the last one of its kind I had in the fridge. And like again, 
if you ever come to the Pittsburgh area, they make some really good uh, IPAs. And this one is actually considered an American ale, but I think it's like an American IPA is what I think American ale is. Uh, but this one's called After Dark. And like I said, I've had this one before, but it's so good. It's That's like a good seven, one. It's 7%, but it's like so smooth. It's not like, I don't know. It's just, it has good flavor, but uh, this might be a spoiler alert for those that haven't um, gotten that far in Mandalorian. But this is my, uh, drinking out of my uh, Conspiracy Glassworks uh, Boba Fett glass. Nice. There you go. I saw that one on Twitter. Yeah, I I use it recently and it's on the shelf and I got uh they did a pretty glass. Yeah, it's it's I like the, the what he's doing with this. He's actually dropping some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones I think soon. I think this week, maybe next week. Or it looks like basically they take you better take, get it. It drops tonight. Mother trucker. Sorry. Cancel man. the podcast. Got to get it on. Hit Hit the pause on the podcast. Kyle got to get that glass. Kyle got to get another glass that he can't fit in his cabinet because he has too many glasses. But again, the the head is shaped like a hops. And I, I like that theme that he's uh, going for in the glass. They're cool. Yeah, they're cool looking glasses. They're so. very colorful. Oh, he just, yeah, Justin doesn't care. He's like, F your glasses. Check this out. I drink out of a can. I'm a human. Well, here's a, the one thing I wanted to bring up is <laughs> like when you when you have a big mustache, drinking out of a glass means I need to have a napkin to dab after every sip because you end up with just head and beard and stuff in your mustache all the time. How how long would you say your beard is? Um, long enough to get caught in a zipper and not like the... Oh, my Lord. ...by your uh, chin. So, yeah. I could tuck it into my that's, pants if I needed to. That's Justin's quarantine beard right there. He's been growing it no, up for I, approximately I think, 300 days. I think he's been growing that beard for like what eight years i think i the last time i heard or something crazy i was gonna say it's been almost 10 years now probably when whenever we get out of quarantine it'll probably be 10 years are you do you ever think about this shaving it or no you fully committed to the beer life beard life it's funny like when i first started growing it for the first couple years like when you have dreams and you see yourself in a mirror you see yourself without a beard still and now i have nightmares where i accidentally shave it off and i wake up and touch my face real quick like oh thank god it's still there <laughs> so like my internal image of myself has worked over those 10 years to the point now where i can't imagine like i have my wife i've met and married with the beard my daughter i've had for four years with the beard like it's it's really an emergency escape if i need to disappear from my family and everyone who knows me i just shave my beard and disappear <laughs> That would Pull be your go bag out of the trunk of your car, and you're just gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gone. They like a tree, and you would disappear, wouldn't you? If you have a beard that looks like that, I mean, you really only have to like, I don't know, just shave it off and maybe put on a ball cap. And some so your wife has never you seen you without a beard, man. You are so she has, but like it's a loophole because we went to the same high school, but then didn't see each other for like ten years after that. So simulation. She knows years. what high school me looks like without a beard, but not adult me. Or as close to an adult as I that's, get. That's cool. I'm I'm a, I'm with you with the adulting, lack of adulting. But the <laughs> amount of money number, I've saved on razor years. blades is amazing. <laughs> that's fair. Shaving cream. I don't even think I would know how to shave anymore. I'd have to like relearn it. Do you think you just go with scissors or something at this point and just be like, yeah, that looks good enough? You know. Probably. I mean, I'm. 
every now and then I'll cut some like split ends off the bottom of it. Also, it'll get caught in zippers and stuff Ooh. like that. So you'll lose uh, you'll lose bits and pieces here and there. The first time you put on a coat every winter, you forget about it and you zip and you go, oh, oh. that sucked. Back it up. Back it up. Oh. Do you think there's a subset of people like for real that would not recognize you if you shaved your beard and just like sh- like started like resuming your normal life? Oh, absolutely. I think like if I, <laughs> not that I have an office to go into anymore, but like back in the day of working in an office, I think if I shaved my beard and walked in, like people would be like, uh, who are you and what are you doing in Justin's office? Like what's going on here? That'd be hilarious. Though. It would be a pretty drastic change. It's, it's a mega beard. I don't think I've seen a, a finer one. Uh, at least on this podcast. Sorry, Kyle. Uh, nope. Present company not excluded. Not I don't, included, call, I don't count know. my beard uh, that fine. I count it as a necessity to break up the uh, choose to shave my head. Some would it's say a, balding. It's I called think. the migration. I it just uh, works its way down. down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a stick of hair that I have on my face on the top of my head. Like, be golden i've been joked about like getting a comb over that doesn't go well over well with the wife yeah no one no one can embrace a comb over except for friends that want to see you do it just because they're gonna laugh at you or just like the straight ponytail in the back because like i don't have any hair on the top of my head like i grow it out and like pull it back maybe braid it down the middle yeah, the, those people that like refuse to let go, like the hair's going, but they're like, oh, I'm still going to grow my hair long. And it's just like, whoa, not, that's not a look for anyone. <laughs> David is speechless right now. What would the, I mean, like you saw my attempt at a beard, right? So it took it me bad. basically like four months. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice four months. You a gnarly like, beard, beard right now had you let it go. Yeah, we're just I, I'm just not that not not at that point yet. I still have hair on the top, so we're not migrating anywhere yet. You know, it's gonna take me a little bit. We're th- I'm thinning out on the sides though. It's starting to it's starting to go. That widow peaking. Yeah, that's where it starts. It's just like whoop, back it up. Back it up. <laughs> back it up. <laughs> back it up. And all of a sudden a hole in the back and you're like, What what's this back here? I thought I had a solid hairline on the front, but now we got a new front opening up. <laughs> it's a front. sinkhole big enough to swallow a bus. Then it's all downhill and you're like, I just got to grow a beard. It's the only thing that'll distract people from the disaster going on on top. Huh. So I didn't notice the top of your head until you pointed that out. Yeah, exactly. See, I'm just kidding. Draw, draw them to the the features you want. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I want to go back to Icy Light. Uh, So is it, you been Iron City into a, you know, Coors Light, Bud Light, you know, Amstel light category or a beast light, natty light, uh, whatever, you know, it's better than that. I I, think. Yeah, definitely better. Like it's not, it's like the price of the like trashy ones, but like (laughs) better tasting than the more expensive ones. Yeah. Like the, the price point really hits like, and it's, it's apparently less calories by maybe like one or two than on a, on a Miller light. And I think, it, yeah. like I said, I think it tastes better than a Miller Lite. I might have to pick up a six pack. Yeah, man. You, you probably Power find beer. it in your craft beer section. You can do a little mix and match. A little mix and match. <laughs> yeah, bring that up to the counter. Throw like a, a an Iron City with a, a hitchhiker. Right. And maybe like an East End Fat Gary and uh, be like, yeah, yeah. I'm a, and a know, Mad Dog 2020. Exploring my, 
they're gonna be like, sir, I think this fell into your six pack. Uh, you might want to <laughs> right, right next to a white claw and a four loco. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Then that could fit in because that'd be like part of your ramping there. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it was in the news I, lately. Yeah. Did we talk about this last podcast, or did I make up that someone else talked about it? That it's IRC is in the news because they bought the plant. Am I am I reward vomiting what you said last time, David? Like they bought the plant up twenty eight, the old plant. Is that why they're in the news? Off of twenty eight, they bought. I don't, it in I don't place? think that was me. No, okay. But someone told me Justin that. Justin can get fill in the. Bag I was going to say that's. Uh, I've read like Google knows because Google knows everything. Like without even did. searching it, Google knows I love icy light. So it's been giving me like five different articles about Iron City buying that uh, the old uh, PPG glass plant. That's it. Oh no, kidding! That. that one, that one in New Kensington. Yep. Yeah. The one across oh. the river from New Ken. And so they're going to move, like, because right now um, the former Rolling Rock place is where they're brewing the beer. But uh, I think they only make, like, I think they said, like, 100,000 barrels a year there. And so the new plant, they're immediately going to ramp to, like, 150,000 with the ability to get back up to a million barrels a year and start bringing out, like, some of their old stuff they used to make and things like that. They're going to put in a restaurant. Yeah, uh, a marina right there and then they're also looking to put a tap room in the old lawrenceville facility they have oh no i would i would like to them i would like every like beer like that start doing barrel age stuff like i don't know why we don't have more barrel age stuff and i get angry that like i have to hunt it's, it down every year i think it's expensive i think it's just like a cost thing like how many, well, you, how many bourbon or whiskey distilleries are willing to sell you an old barrel and who like there's got to be demand too right? Plus you got storage space well, that I guess maybe too, like you, mm-hmm. it's like a set it and forget it, right? So you make no money on it for you know up to you know, you know whatever period of time, six, you know, a year to two years, right? Whatever they put them out. And you lose some to evaporation during that time and everything. So, which I did learn at Buffalo Trace back in the day. That's why Pappy uh, Van Winkle is so expensive. It's not because they're. It's just because there's not a lot. Did you guys um, enter the lottery that the the liquor PA wine and spirits had? Every every time, I think Dina entered it this time for us because it's one per household. I don't think she won because she would told me. I thought it was one per person, but interesting. Uh, I, I checked the rules. I wanted to make sure because otherwise I cancel your. The only time I won, I won like three years ago, and I still have it. I have a oh, what the hell is it called? It's a four rye from E H Colonel, I think, or something really good one it was like 200 bucks or something i had to pay for or something but it's like a four rise it's probably amazing i just haven't opened up yet i think we were going to open it up like after we got married and then a year later we're going to do it and that was pandemic who knows now all kinds of excuses coming up at this point it's just going to be like celebrate the end of pandemic and just snowing out that's why i didn't open it (laughs) (laughs) it snowed again it snowed again so So I go back and back to like what we kind of started talking about a little bit. You want to tell us a little about bar sides? I know I was looking forward to going to it. A couple I had planned to go to, and then next thing I knew, it was Pandemic City. So yeah, so bar sides, it's been an idea in my head for years. Um, it was always an idea floating around, just like, hey, get together, hang out at a bar, talk about what people are working on and stuff. Just basically a monthly hangout for people to drink and talk about work stuff because i don't know about you guys but i already was doing that back in the before times 
every now and then with uh, friends anyway. So I was like, oh, let's get a bigger group together. So finally, uh, end of 2019, I was like, all right, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to start like planning, buying website and getting stuff together and all this stuff. So finally got things moving on it and had the first one uh, January 1st, 2020. Uh, what great times those were before we saw what was coming. It was just, it's like a scene out of a movie now, thinking back on it. It's like you had no idea what was about to come. But at the time, it was a great time because everyone was having a good time, drinking, doing some fire talks at uh, at Stinky's there. We had the uh, the upstairs bar. <laughs> we have the, the whole place basically reserved for us uh, for the first Tuesday of every month. So everything was looking great. Our own bartender there had uh, like a little CTF thing set up. Um, brought in some lock picking the one time and stuff. So that was going great. February happened, March, and then all of a sudden everything sort of uh, fell apart as the pandemic hit. And it was like, okay, no more seeing people in person anymore. So since then, like any, uh, like everyone, we've had to pivot a bit. So we moved online. I stood up a discord server so that we could still have people get together and hang out and stuff. And so we've started to do now uh, weekly virtual events. So first Tuesday of the month is still Fire Talk. So if anyone wants to give a Fire Talk, they can go to the Barsides website, sign up, schedule what month they want to give it, um, and then we'll put them on the calendar to give the Fire Talks. The Fire Talk is a, for those who are listening, is like, what, 5 to 10 minutes, 15 minutes? What? Basically, anywhere between 5 and 15 minutes is generally what I consider a Fire Talk of just – it's not, in my opinion, it's not like a fully formed talk that's ready to go at like a, a big conference. The real idea behind uh, bar sides and doing the fire talks is just to to get people more comfortable talking in front of people so that they can turn that little nugget of an idea into something they can give at a bigger conference or turn it into a blog post or just find people who are also interested in the same things that they're interested in and have a sidebar conversation afterwards to talk about different ways and different uh, things they can come up with. Like we had people giving talks uh, when we were in person. It was great because they were like, oh, like I have this problem and I can't solve. And then like five people in the audience are like, oh, have you heard of this tool? Have you heard of this tool? And they're like scribbling stuff down like, oh, no, I haven't heard of that. Oh, I didn't know that would actually solve all the problems I have because I just didn't know about it. And no one at work has heard of it. So that's uh, really that. Just getting people together to talk about things in, in real life, you know, you can sh exchange of information. Yes, that's the, the one thing that like the big thing I have with Barsides is everyone in the industry, everyone in the world is basically has little slivers of knowledge and everyone thinks that there's people out there that are these like perfect experts that know everything and no one knows everything. We're all just you get us together and we create Venn diagrams where we have little bits of overlap, but everyone has their own little unique bits of knowledge they're bringing to the, uh, to the equation. So you get that knowledge that you don't have, but that someone else has that perfectly complements your knowledge that uh, you're bringing. So that's what we, that's talk. a great point. Like, like ju just thinking about maybe the last time, uh, you know, Kyle and I worked together on something that, like really difficult, you know, when we ended up talking at uh, black hat DEF CON, I guess DEF CON technically. Two years ago, like that was that was a that was a complete exchange of information where you just walked into my office and started spitballing some ideas. And I was like, "Oh, hey, did you know you could do this?" And he's like, "No, I didn't." 
and you know those those kind of uh those kind of things that we're missing out on now you know it, it definitely not be in person doing that sort of thing like hanging out at a bar i understand you know not everyone feels comfortable and safe doing that but like i know also know that there's a lot of people that are just burned out from the life of the zoom meeting and you know just don't want to do it anymore right mm -hmm. we're, we're looking at a year in now yeah it's uh, it's definitely becoming difficult and that's sort of why we sort of added a couple other virtual events as well so just to hit those real quick so second tuesday of the month we have a book club that we meet up and talk about whatever the last book we picked was and then pick a new one so how does that been... work as someone like go into a little depth of it, like i don't even know really what a book club means I'll be honest with you, I've never been in a book club before, so kind of flying by the seat of my pants on this one. But it's just like, hey, let's read this book. We talk about like, A, overall thoughts, feelings. Did you like it? Did you not like it? What parts drew you in? What parts turned you off? How accurate was the like portrayal of technology? Like if we're reading a fiction book, how accurate is the portrayal of technology? And was there anything that really like triggered you and just being like, oh my God, this person had no idea what they were talking about? but they wrote it anyway. Yeah. So you get some, Sorry. we get some interesting things, like definitely some books, not so great. We've had, a, we've had a couple stinkers that we've panned pretty hard, but um, we've also had some other ones that have been really good. And we found some authors that it's like, okay, I'm going to continue reading the stuff they've written because it's entertaining and enjoyable. I think that's a good way too. Cause you, uh, I was, say, I was say it's a good way to get people to read. As someone ahead. that's not a good reader, <laughs> and I don't like to read, I have a stack of books. And last year, Sean uh, Sean Nobles has been on our podcast. He was early on, like I think one of the first top five, maybe six. He last it was over a year ago. He's like, I'm doing this thing for like 90 days where I like, I read every day, and you know, so it kind of like sparked me to do it. And maybe I should try to join your book club. But anyways, go ahead, David. And then I, Justin, I know you. My only book. question, I, I mean, I don't I don't like to read either so you know uh what's what's do you have to read the books in a certain amount of time like can you get like a you know a chapter in or two do you have expectations for everybody that participates so generally we've been picking books that are doable in like a month period so keeping it like three right around 300 page book um something that is manageable and we also try to pick books that also have audiobook versions available because there are a lot of people that prefer the audiobook um, so they go that route. Like me personally, I have my routine where like at night, uh, me and my wife watch TV. We'll watch like an episode or two of a show that we're binging slowly. And then, uh, when she goes to bed, then I'll read for like another hour, uh, on a Kindle. So still doing the old school, actually reading with my eyes, not my ears. So it, oh, uh, it definitely takes a bit longer and it's some books. It's so daunting. Like you, when you don't enjoy a book, it is very hard to finish it. I can't. Uh -huh. I put down last year. I, I got like three books in on my fourth book. I put it down, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what it is because I'll probably get a lot of haters. But it was one of those like recent like uh, I think I was reading too many hacker like you know true story hacker type books that I was like okay I've heard this a thousand times like this kind of same sort of story and it was like uh, I can't read this right now and like same thing I bought a bunch of like military you know former military navy seal type guys like jockos and i you know i've, I've read you know uh 
David Goggins book and things like that. And after a few of them, you're like, it's the same material kind of rehashed in their own perspective. And I appreciate it. I really do. Like if I've a few books I've read in the last year, like I recommend them wholeheartedly, you know, at least listen to them. Cause I would listen to the David Goggins book. We're on that. I would go and get the audio because they treat it like a podcast where the guy reads the chapter. And at the end of the chapter, him and David Goggins kind of go over that chapter. And then they go on the next chapter. But at, like David Goggins, he's such an animal that you feel like you want to run through a brick wall when you're done. Like you feel like you can do anything. <laughs> you feel like you gain his strength and his like determination to do anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've uh, I've definitely had like I tried. Well, I guess I'm still trying slowly. It's going to be like a five year read of the the book Thinking Fast and Slow because it is just like brutal reading that material because it's like psychology and all this other stuff rolled in and it's like someone analyzing other people's research and stuff and it's just like i don't even know what's going on sometimes i'll like finish a page and be like i need to start that over because i have no idea what i just read because my mind went off into somewhere else and was like hey remember that thing that happened <laughs> hey, let's think about that while your eyes just move down the page so that's me with every single book and I've ever read in my life. It just, I can't stop it. The thoughts just like, they just show up. And, uh, you know, anybody can get through a real book in a real amount of time and understand the content of it. You know, hats off to you. Thank you for reading books that I can't. See, my big thing is I can't understand people who reread books or like read it for a second time. Like if I'm reading something and I'm like, I've heard this before, my brain just shuts down and is like, I am not going to read something that I've already read. Like, are you insane? Get, get me something new. The easiest comparison I have to that as someone who does not read again <laughs> is uh, like watching sports. Like, why am I going to watch a, a, like the same game? I already know who wins. I know who loses. I don't even like to watch the same movies over again. Yeah. See, movies not. I can do depending on the movie. Like there's certain movies I can rewatch, but yeah, sports, no interest. Like people are like, oh, I'm recording the game. I'm like, I saw the highlights. That's all I need. I'm good. That's it. Like, I even like, have even a hard time watching. Oh, good. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, like, once the score spoiled, like it's over. I don't. I have no interest in watching. Like, if I tape a Pens game and I like happen to catch it on a ticker that's like, oh, Islanders win six three. Like, oh, well, don't even need to bother. I'm just gonna get pissed off anyway. <laughs> I, I only watch. I, I don't even sometimes watch movies based on true events because you you know how it's gonna end, and you're like, so at, at that point in time, you're watching it maybe because you like the people in it and stuff like that. You know, but even you watch that, Titanic? No, I've actually never watched Titanic. I have also never watched that movie because the boat sinks. Sank? Sinks. I don't know. Yes, but you can be tortured for like three, hour, three hours while you get to that point. And then I, Justin, oh, you, did you watch oh, the Titanic? I mean, years and years ago, yeah. But also I had a friend in high school who's like, whose stepfather was like obsessed with the Titanic to the point that he like would buy pieces of it sold at auction and stuff from the Titanic. <laughs> like get a little miniature of it and everything like crazy stuff i don't know who i'm to judge i collect beer glasses and shoes so like <laughs> everyone's gotta have everyone's a hobby got a thing, I man. Uh, yeah I mean, my, just... my four-year my four-year-old loves to collect little golden books he likes us to buy him those little like 399 299 golden books and he's just like hey do they have mandalorian golden books can i get one and you start looking like oh, holy crap they do they have a little a little book so he gets it and he flips it over and he looks for the books that he doesn't have yet. It's for like the next ones. Like, dude, 
you just got to stop. Like you're, you're not going to read all these books. He's just a collector. I, That's I, the last book I read, by the way. I can definitely, um, I can relate to the like collecting instincts. Like I'm, I'm definitely a digital hoarder, not like so much physical because I run out of space really quickly and then I just can't collect anything anymore. But digitally it's like, on uh like i like to play games on pc i like to play them on steam so my steam account has like 1900 games because i just keep buying stuff when it's on sale i will never pay full price for a game but like when my my man when it's under five dollars for a game yeah i'll throw a couple bucks at a game and be like yeah why not so i'm never playing anything that's brand new or that just came out but the the game of the year edition that comes out five years later and then goes on sale for like three ninety nine. I'll pick that up. That's what I mean, we we all have our little vices. But back to like back to your things you're doing at at bar sides. This yeah. is how it always goes, as you know, as an avid yep. listener. We always go. Do so you have book club? What tangent. else? So we also have uh, movie night. So on Discord on the third Tuesday of the uh, month, we do movie night different sort of hacker technology related movies. Um, so we, we did, uh, there is hacking in Die Hard, So that was our Christmas movie because it's the best Christmas movie oh. there is. So had that one. True. It's true. Yep. And then uh, we got a deep cut coming up next uh, from 1968 called hot millions. I think it was, it's called, it's like this guy who embezzles money from, companies and the company has a new mainframe that's supposed to catch people like him and so he has to like figure out how to hack and bypass the mainframe in order to continue to embezzle millions of dollars so i'm interested to see the old technology and how they approach like hacking if he's just going to like pour water in it or if he's actually going to start like moving wires around I was gonna say it's not gonna be like office space where they like shave off fractions of the sense of of something to try to you know make a bunch of money. No, right? no, he's going. It seems, it seems like the premise is backwards. It's the person trying to catch that person, right? Yeah, he's he's just going for going for the big bucks to cash out. Nice. So now that now that you're online with bar size, is it typically like do you see people outside of the pittsburgh area joining in and chatting or is it a lot of still local folks? definitely have expanded um outside of the pittsburgh area i would actually say probably more people from outside the pittsburgh area joining in now than pittsburgh area just because like you've mentioned there's a lot of people that are completely burnt out of digital anything like you spend all day on in front of a webcam in zoom meetings and stuff and so people are sick of it. So we definitely have a lot more people that are in random spots around the United States. And it's like anyone that wants any human interaction, it's like, well, just come on in and hang out and we'll bullshit about whatever and have some fun playing with the uh, watching bad movies and reading bad books. Here's a, here's a question that I, I know David usually about to say something off the tip of your tongue, but like I, how do you, this is like how to human question. So let me try to phrase it. How, if you are unsure of how to participate in a, in a discord channel, that's super busy and, or, and, or a Slack channel, someone that runs one, what are your recommendations for those people that are like, there's so many channels. I don't know what to do. What do I do? Like, what's the strategy one should take? 
Because even so, as, as, as seasoned professional, I don't even think I know what the fuck to do. I don't even know what a Discord is. <laughs> yeah, so there, it's definitely really quick and easy to get overwhelmed because, like, I'm in um, – I actually have my, like – I have one monitor that's uh, like sideways, so I get the uh, extra height to it, and that's my like Discord monitor over here that's like always up, so I can always see what's going on. But I have a bunch of different Discord servers I'm in, and yeah, some of them I'm just like, oh my god, you need to slow down. Too much stuff is happening. So one of the most important things I've found is filtering like the notifications and muting channels so that you're not constantly being bombarded with like, oh, like hey someone said this, someone said this, like, I hate my phone constantly going off saying, oh, someone's saying this, someone's saying this. I'm like, only talk to me if someone at my name. Otherwise, I don't want to hear it. So that is... Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. My bad. No. Nope. swallow. Yeah. But um, that helps cut down on a lot of the, like, noise. And then it's like, I just go in and it's like, in the morning, I'll check, see if anything news come up that I want to respond to. And then when I'm done with work, check it, see if anything's going on at the uh, end of the day, check it, catch up on any new messages, stuff like that. So really sort of the same way I handle email. Like I don't deal with email as soon as it comes in. It's like, I'm going to check you on my schedule and not on your schedule. See, I check it on. That's the problem. I'm just the opposite. I deal with email as it comes in. Otherwise, I'm always fucking thinking about that email that I read, but I haven't answered yet. Could you could just not read it, Kyle, and then it never happens. Basically, <laughs> okay, that's right. My when policy you work, when you work a real job, you've got to read, <laughs> yeah. read your emails. My policy on emails, even work emails, is if you're sending me an email, I have at least 24 hours to deal with this, possibly more. If you need something now, call my phone. Like my work signature for my oh. email, my phone number in it. So if it's an emergency, call my phone. If something's on fire, call my phone because an email is not going to cut it. There used to be. Kyle, some- is that one of? I'm I'm sorry. Is that one of the things that like you've either tweeted about or like you've you've at least verbally uh, expressed before that like there are so many email meeting or so many things over email that you could have just settled by calling me and being like, hey is this a yes or no thing? And then like you said, Justin's got 24 hours to, to answer, but like you could have called me and asked like, Hey, did you get that thing done? And like, yes, that's it. And then you As, reply with a gif of like, you know, somebody flipping money everywhere. I don't know. There's, there's like a, I don't know the breakdown of it, but I like, obviously I experienced a lot more since like we have Slack and we have zoom and stuff for work and stuff. And it's like, my thing is, if I'm if I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I fall into that category of like, hey, can we jump on a Zoom session? Which is like the best meme ever. It's like, I don't want to hear, can we jump on a Zoom session ever again? Like, 100% agree with that. But at times, I'm like so fucking confused by what you're trying to ask me that if you just talk to me about it, I probably would have understood it like immediately. So it's like, I don't know what the breakdown is. Probably like 70, 30, like 30% of the time, like let's jump on a Zoom session and talk about it. Or like, well, let's schedule a time later in the day to do it. We don't need to do it now. But like, so I I think I'm trying to learn how to re-adult, like how to prioritize shit and like what needs to be done now, what needs to be done later. And I know like as an adult, I should have figured that out years ago, but every job you take is way different. So for me, it's like- It also sounds like a big difference in like Zoom also. Like you didn't used to have to learn to be an adult that way. Like that wasn't how we did things. And all of a sudden, like I'm making my living through using my webcam, you know, and, and, you know, I I don't think anyone really expected to be doing that unless they were getting tips, right? 
Only <laughs> transaction. I would have to agree. So, all right, back, re back from this tangent. Book club, movie night. And then the fourth or, Tuesday, Lisa, where are you? Is our hacker happy hour. Generally, it's just like get together. Um, we play around with, uh, we have like a, we do CTFs. So we will have uh, CTF teams get together on Discord to compete in different CTFs whenever they come up that we feel like signing up for. And then we also play around with uh, Hack the Box and Try Hack Me, uh, play in those rooms. So the Hacker Happy, Happy Hour is really get together, grab a beer, play around in there. If you don't want to do that, you can just hang out on a voice channel talking to somebody. You can play video games, anything you really want to do, just hang out and actually interact with another human being because some people don't get to see a human being anymore. Do you intend on going forward with like the bar side aspect of bar sides once this is over? Like, will you, will you like keep the, the Discord server stood up and just kind of, you know, try to do both things? Like, it kind of seems like a lot though to, to uh, participate double. The plan is to, to keep things like, because we're sort of building this virtual community that includes people outside of Pittsburgh, the plan is to sort of have both of them. Um, one of the things I'm playing around with now is sort of getting equipment and stuff together so that we can uh, stream talks from Stinkies. Because now we're... Um, oh, that's a good idea. We have a Twitch channel, and so we stream the Fire Talks out on Twitch. And one of the things I've been learning is video editing with uh, DaVinci Resolve. So then I take those, uh, I record the talks as people give them, and then put them up on our YouTube channel as well. So they're also available on YouTube. And I'm slowly learning how to make transitions and do video editing. So I'm hoping to increase the quality of the YouTube videos over time. But that way uh, we can do fire talks physically at Stinkies and we can have people that are remote that want to give a fire talk. We can have them do it remotely and put it up on the screen at Stinkies for everyone who's there to watch. And then also planning on having um, what we, because the original idea was like nothing will be recorded so you can say whatever you want at Stinkies without fear of it ever living forever. So there will still be a section of talks where live streaming's over, everything's shut down, and you can give a talk to the crew at Stinkies without anyone recording it or spreading it around the internet. And to be clear, Stinkies is the actual name of a real bar in Lawrenceville, yes. right? Stinkies. <laughs> yes. You're not you're not just saying like, you know, this bar smells bad and it's called Stinkies. Yeah. No, it's, it's literally actually Stinkies. One of the like, in my opinion, the best bar food in all of Pittsburgh, Stinkies. Like wings best wings they've actually gotten awards for their burgers as having some of the best burgers but their wings are phenomenal all their foods amazing the cheese sticks oh best cheese sticks you'll ever see like these guys are just super fat so it's delicious i want I, that I, fat I, stinky much. cheese that's mm, what i want exactly. give me that cheese stick give me that stinky cheese Oh, I miss it so much. I I, I can't. I, I just like I just like had nostalgic like what FOMO right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like talking about it is gonna like spiral me into a depression now tonight because I'm just gonna be like thinking about how much I miss going there. 
like I used to live in Lawrenceville. So for several years, I would go to Stinky's for like every Pens game because I was within walking distance and it was just like, oh, yep, I'm just going to walk over there, go to the Pens game. That's really where the idea of bar size was formed because it's like I would go over there, watch the Pens game. A couple of my friends that worked in IT and security uh, would come together and we'd hang out eat food, drink beers, talk about what we're working on. And so one thing led to another and that's how Barside started. Do you think- so What were you doing? Do- I'm sorry. Yeah, geez, Kyle, I'm just, I'm stepping all over you today, man. Okay. I'm really sorry. I can't, I can't edit anything. I can't stop you from editing. I'm really sorry. I'll let you have this one. No, you go. I got, I have mine in my head. Go ahead. What, what did, what were Lawrenceville? Like what, how did you end up there? Sorry, part of you went digital so I couldn't hear her. I'm always digital, man. This is the way that the slow internet works out in Western Pennsylvania. I was just asking, um, how, how did you end up in Lawrenceville? Like, are you, are you a local to, to Pittsburgh? Did you show up like, like Kyle did out of accident from, you know, trying to upgrade from Cleveland? Uh, you know, upgrade. Any, any of those? Oh. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, I can say that because my, um, my mom actually grew up in Cleveland. So, uh, I grew up in, Oh, sweet. The South Hills of Pittsburgh. So I grew up in the suburbs um, and then ended up going to Pitt for undergrad and grad school and then working at uh, Software Engineering Institute right after that. And so once you start getting that SEI money, you're like, oh, where's the hot place to live right now? Lawrenceville? All right, I'm going to head over there. That wasn't the hot place to live when I went to grad school. (laughs) Now I regret that. That's kind of like the Bitcoin thing. Like Lawrenceville is like Bitcoin to me. Like if I would have bought into it, like in 2006, 2007, 2008. I remember when I was like first living there, I got like, it was back before Uber and everything. And it was a taxi and I get in a taxi and tell him I live in Lawrenceville. And he's just like, do you sell heroin? Or do you buy heroin? Like, why are you going what? <laughs> and so that was like the thing back then. And like, you couldn't tell anyone who like was from Pittsburgh, you could never tell their parents that you lived in Lawrenceville. Cause they'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you living in Lawrenceville? But that, and like at the time, I remember looking, houses were like $40,000. You could buy a house in Lawrenceville. And now it's like 350 is the yep. cheapest house you're buying in Lawrenceville. Yep. Yeah. With like no garage, let's 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 let, let's lay that land for everybody. Let's listen. No garage, yeah. street parking, no backyard, no yard. Right. It's an old house too. Like you're an old. Oh yeah, house. we're talking like it's, a seventy-year-old yeah. house. And it should be about forty thousand dollars. I mean, like that, but it's it's the hot property. Like it's a revitalized area with a lot of a lot of cool little hip bars and and restaurants. Yep. There's a there's a hot dog restaurant down there. Mm, industry, public house, industry public house has like some of like the best smoked bourbons i've ever had they make them real time. first service you'll ever have like oh, yeah. 100%. I, I went i went there the one time and it was one of the bartenders 21st birthday and we're all standing there trying to get a drink and all the bartenders are just serving this other bartender and i'm like what the hell is going on right now like none of us can get drinks and this guy's about to throw up on the bar <laughs> while he's working <laughs> what's happening yeah, I would say it's some of the worst service I've ever had as well. Sorry, industry public house people, if you're listening, but facts are facts. It's, it's also loud there. It's it, it it's like really I said, it's loud. the first stop of the night. It's not the last stop. 
Yeah, I like stinkies because it's like tucked into the like residential area, so it's off the main drag. You're not dealing like with the the Butler Street crowd that you're gonna see. It, it, it could blend in with all the residential houses. You just look like you're someone walking into somebody's house, and then you go in there, and they've actually done a ton of remodeling in there, and so it's like very like high end sports bar in there. Uh, it, at least before the pandemic, the bar section was like physically isolated from the rest of the restaurant. So you could still smoke in the bar. So it still had that like Pittsburgh bar <laughs> feel that you just don't get anymore. That's old school. Well, I'm actually more excited about the future of bar sides, knowing that it's at a Lawrenceville bar versus Southside. I thought it was in Southside for some reason. And like, you ain't going to get my ass yeah. to Southside. Oh, come on, you old man. Yeah, out I'm, there. I'm lame, man. I got, I have like weird restrictions of what the hell I want to even do anymore. But here's what I wanted to ask earlier: is do you plan in the future to have like a bar side, like hacker summer camp version? So there's a lot of things hmm. that. One of my biggest problems is I'm never satisfied with anything, so I constantly just want to keep iterating and making things better. I would love to um, end up working with B-Sides and sponsoring the after party to have the Bar-Sides after party and do like, if you didn't get your talk accepted at B-Sides, hey, you want to do a fire talk at the after party Bar-Sides? Why don't you come on over and let's do that? Um, I would love to do something like that in the future. I think, I mean, I think that'd be great. Even like, even just doing like a, it only happens once a year, but you have bar size Las Vegas. Like I hope that I hope that we're able to one day go back to Hacker Summer Camp and have a physical people there of all like the Moscow Mules and Offsides, you know, you know, people that were there that have come out and then like we'll sponsor a party, maybe get someone else to sponsor it, have a good time at Beer Park, because that's one of my favorite places to go in Vegas. That's also been something on my radar as well. Like, cause um, I love, like, I love going out to Vegas. Great time out there all the time. I, I do get overwhelmed and overloaded pretty quickly. And then I'm just like, all right, I'm going to run back to my room and get away from everyone. <laughs> but <laughs> I does happen. really love um, Wild West Hackenfest because I don't get overwhelmed because it's in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota. And that's one of my lists to get to one of these days. It's a great time. I had so much fun there. Um, probably like f almost four years ago. I think I went to like the second one they had for me. The I'm third. not familiar with that. Can you get me a TLDR on Wild yeah. West oh, Hackenfest? So Wild West Hackenfest, I feel like it started as, uh, if you're familiar with Black Hills Information Security, John Strand's company that he created that they do pen testing and one of the like big juggernauts in the industry. Um, I think it started as their like sort of home day where they brought everyone in who worked remotely. They'd come together for like a group meeting and they just sort of turned it into a conference. And so now there's, they actually have two, they have Wild West Hackenfest and then Wild West Hackenfest, like Wester. I forget what the name of the other one is, but it happens in San Diego because the uh, Wild West Hackenfest happens in uh, South Dakota because the Black Hills are in South Dakota and that's where he lives and everything. So it's in this little, I forget the name of the town even, but it's this little like middle of nowhere town, but it's just all casinos and like, it's the place where oh, I have so many like gulch dead man's um, river. It, it's, like, it's where Billy the kid I think was killed. 
Okay. Okay, Corral. There's a bar that has like sawdust on the ground and like the the chair that he was shot in hanging oh, yeah. up. So it's got cool stuff like that. Like everything is so-and-so bar, saloon, and casino. So it's always like multiple things going on. I've, but, I've like, never heard someone say they've had a bad time at it. It's been on my list to go to. I hear you have to fly into some city and then drive like an hour, right? Oh yeah, you drive you drive a long ways to to get there from the airport, and it's it's a very winding through the mountains. Oh, yeah. Multiple signs about buffalo crossings, so you have to watch out for that. Uh, ton, but tons of fun, like a great little. It's a little tiny city, so you can walk the whole little thing in no time at all and it sounds like jackson hole almost but like more rustic yeah it's 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 really great and like um one of the former people who was on here brett kennedy the one time we were on we we're uh, both there together and so he was recruiting for his company and then i was recruiting for mine so we just like tweeted out and we're like hey we're at this uh brewery slash winery that's like right here in the middle of downtown come hang out if you want an impromptu happy hour and so people started just showing up who were at uh, Wild West Hackenfest. And so I'd love to do stuff like that with like bar sides. Like it's like, oh, on this night, we'll be in this location at this conference. Come with hang real out. people in a real bar with real drinks. I, it's got like straight nostalgic from I'm a, I'm going yeah. to trademark that. So no one take that nostalgic straight, FOMO. Nost- straight nostalgic FOMO. Yeah. That reminds me, like this, is, this has no bearing on what we we're talking about. But it reminds me of this bar that sounds just like this bar I went to in Nevada, over the ridge from Tahoe when I went skiing one time. That is, we didn't know what it was, but like we we're at like this, you know, uh, hot springs on that side of Tahoe in Nevada, and they're like, oh, everybody's like, oh, we're like, where can we go eat and drink around here? They're like, there's a bar right down the road. Go there, and we're like, okay, sweet. So we go down there here. It ended up being the oldest bar in Nevada. It was like one of those places, like the dust was like probably same dust that like, I don't know, whoever smelled back in the day. And we're like, what time you guys close? It was like a, it was like a Wednesday or Thursday. And she's like, whenever I feel like it, we're like, cool. Like, are we going to stay open late? She's like, yeah, you guys seem like fun. So whenever I'm tired, I want to go home. I'll close the bar down. I think we stayed up until like 5 a.m. And she's like, I'm tired. You guys got to go. And we're like, all right. We were all like one of the six people in the bar. It was a great time. Met some strange people, but it was a great time. It's like that's that's what Wild 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 West Hacking Fest sounds like. I think I added yeah. Wild on there, but that's okay. That's exactly how it is. It's it's just a great time because uh, the other nice thing that is really strange is um, they do that right before Halloween usually, and this this little city they celebrate Halloween in a crazy way. They shut down. There's, there's one main road going through the middle of like downtown and there's like one side road. The side road's open for cars, but they shut the main road down. So cars can't come through during Halloween. Everyone gets the craziest costumes you've ever seen. And then you buy a cup and then you get like cheap drinks in every place and people just wander the streets. It's like oh, imagine yes. south side and just pulled it out and put it in the middle of the woods. I <laughs> want this. This is what I want to do. This is my life goal for 2021. I'm I want this. Let's they, go. That the Wild West Hacking Fest is the top of my list of conferences to go to. 
next to virus bulletin to present at like those two conferences that are like the top of my adult like go at go and do in person and they've been interested in being there in person september 22nd to the 24th 2021 you may register it's in spearfish south dakota spearfish south dakota and justin one of the things we're we're talking about talking about because uh talking about talking about yeah that's that's how we do it as we get oakley's sorry the uh, the beer into your system is what's this side uh consulting business you're starting up uh so that's uh rust belt security is the company that i started up i actually started up that up at the same time as i started bar sides but obviously my focus is like majority bar sides and then slightly on rust belt security so things are moving a lot slower on that front but i have gotten some like contract work on that just doing like pen testing stuff on the side I guess, Still, we, I guess we never really talked about that. Your background in, let me, I'll just generic and you can go into it a little bit. You're, you're like a red team pen tester, correct? Yes. Yes. So been doing that for probably about almost eight years now. Um, but yeah, started at, when I first started at the software engineering Institute, I was on the like uh, training team, the uh, workforce development team. Yes. And so I was doing building like training exercises and then it got to the point where I was like acting as the red team during training exercises. And then I got tired of being in training exercises all the time. So then I moved over to the team that supported the uh, risk and vulnerability assessments that uh, DHS was doing. So then did pen testing, then left and went to secure works for a short period before going to the, uh, cybersecurity infrastructure security agency to do pen testing on the basically the same contract I was supporting at SCI, but now on the federal side. Yeah, I think I heard about that recently. I was like, wait, he did what? He went to, uh, you know, CISA afterwards. And I was like, that's not, that's an interesting path. That sounds backwards. Yeah. So it is a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, when I was doing the like consulting life at SecureWorks, you start seeing like what people are, what they're charging. And you're just like, wait, you're charging this much for my time and I'm getting this much of it. And you're just like, hmm, there seems mm. to be a I should cut out of this. Mm, so that's like, okay, I'm gonna start my own consulting company and then I'm gonna work for the government as well because the government will let me have a consulting company and work for the government. Whereas SecureWorks is like, you're not gonna compete against us while working for us so right. that was definitely never going to happen oh yeah when i was doing the consulting thing for 11 months that's how long i would last i was i'll I mean, i'll be fair i think i was billed out at like i was making 110 but i was billed out at like 400 an hour yeah Easy. and i was making and i was making 150 an hour right because you just or wait, wait i was making whatever you double right but i was basically like they're like quadruple like tripling what i was getting paid and i was like this is fucked up type of bullshit and then yeah like, and then they'd be like oh you don't get a bonus this semester and then you see your boss rolling in a new porsche you're like this is a fucked up place the I other thing that, that, drove- that that's not made up that happened that that, that <laughs> happened they're like no one's getting bonuses and then i saw my boss my immediate director rolling in a brand new for that four-door porsche that came out like in 2012 you know whatever that did was. the license plate say bonus yeah, probably did that <laughs> fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah, like that's the other thing too, is just like the 
the mission, the different like the difference between the missions is another thing. Like at SecureWorks, it's like okay, these people were like okay, it's the fourth quarter. We need you to come in and do a pen test so we can check this box on our regulatory requirements. Mm-hmm. So we have to have a pen test. And you're like, give them the report. You're giving them updates on what's going on. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Like, I just want that report so that we can put it in our file and say we did it. Whereas, like, when you're doing the government pen tests, the organizations we're going to are just like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to have someone coming in and helping us, like, We'll talk to people and they're like, oh, we're, we're like implementing fixes right now. Like before we'll give them the out briefing. And then usually two weeks later, they get the final report and they're like, oh, we're implementing fixes on the things you were briefing us on. And they don't even have the final report yet with all the like structured recommendations, but they're they're eager to actually get going and fixing things. So that makes it a lot more rewarding to do the work because it's like, I don't want to go to a place where someone's just like, yeah, like you're my box checker. So come check that box. Don't you like that? That's the way it is in the, in the, uh, the DOD world too. Have, having been, you know, spent some time there, it was, it was the same deal. Like you, you know, you work for a GD or a Lockheed or a, a, a Booz Allen or a, whoever else is down there, khaki. And you realize how much you're getting billed for and how much you're not getting back. And like, dude, just go do it. Like you can do the same thing to check that box. You can mm-hmm. do it just as well as everybody else does. Or, or you can compete with your own consulting firm against the same contracts that Lockheed's competing against, right? You know what I mean? So my big thing, like with Rust Belt Security, like I'm not looking to get into the government consulting world just because there's already enough people playing in that market. Plus I work in that market, so I can't really be doing government consulting while working in the government. Cause that would be a massive conflict of interest and somebody would probably raise a red flag on that one. But really what I'm looking to do with Rust Belt Security is do pr- some private consulting for organizations that actually want to fix things and change things. I'm looking to develop some training classes based on the class that I teach at CMU and then also be able to offer pen testing services to nonprofits and smaller organizations that can't afford the big guy costs so I can give them a lower cost. And then really I'm taking all the money that I make from Rust Belt Security and funneling that stuff right into bar sides and other endeavors I have because when it comes to bar sides, I just constantly am printing up swag that uh, Sticker Mule, anytime they have a sale, I'm like, yes, I'll take the Bar Sides logo for whatever that uh, whatever that deal you have going. I'll get that printed out in some new format. So I have like magnets, stickers, uh, window vinyls, everything. I need, so, do, I, I need to do something like that. We need to do something like that to subsidize some costs somewhere. So maybe we should talk off the side. <laughs> how so how's teaching going in uh in in the uh trying times am i using the right words these uncertain times these no uh, more uncertain difficult sure. circumstances are you so, are you finding so uh so so my class just kicked off we're not in person yet i don't know if you're a spring or a fall guy what can you tell me about what your class is and and how it's going for you 
So I teach the uh, ethical penetration testing class, which is like one of the minis at CMU. So it's like oh, cool. half a semester, which is super nice because it's not a huge time commitment than taking up like the whole semester. Um, but the other thing that it's like the stars aligned right before the pandemic, all of our lectures were recorded. And it was just like, mm, perfect. So now we have everything recorded and we just give the students all the lectures and we're like the day classes that's office hours like we're gonna have open office hours so you can just ask us whatever you want anything you didn't understand in the lecture bring it up we'll talk about it and then we'll walk through a lab instead of having to listen to us lecture over zoom you can now have the video watch it at 2x speed if that's the way you like to live your life because i know <laughs> comes to me and podcasts i'm 1.8x that's about my speed i like to listen to things at wait this is a fucking genius idea john costley was telling us about that man he he said he'd listen no to no not the one x speed to record your lectures dump them all to the beginning and turn your class into an open office hours let's talk about a lab type thing oh hmm. gotcha that's interesting because i'm not gonna lie so I teach, I dropped one of my full semester classes down to a half semester this semester. And I teach a half semester in the fall still. But I was also, I talked to one of my former students who's still at CMU. I'm like, which one of my classes did you like better? Which one should I teach going forward? Because I'm looking about dropping them. Because one, my schedule is a lot busier now with outside of, you know, SCI and, 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 and to the more, you know, the vendor world now that I it's just so much busier. I don't have the time to like cut away and work on class stuff and things like that. So, but that brings up a good point of just spend like a weekend and record all your lectures and give them all the materials and begin a semester and like use class time for office hours. And if no one shows up or only six people show up, you're only there for one of the, you know, three hours. Yeah. We, we definitely find that, huh? Uh, in the group setting, office hours tend to be very silent, but we also run a, um, we have a Slack channel for our class that we always put together. And so students are always able to hit us up in Slack and uh, do one-on-one -on -one time when they want for the most part. So we'll get more questions through Slack than the group office hours. So generally it's like, we'll do group office hours where we go through a lab real quick and like guide them through how to do a lab, one of the labs and then tell them, Hey, go on, do whatever you want to do. Ask any questions you want. We usually open it up. I'm like, you can ask questions about the schoolwork, about getting into the field. I'll literally answer questions on life and everything right now. Just go ahead. And students just will be silent and be like, Nope, I just want to end class early. I think that's genius. I think I'm gonna steal your idea, and I'm gonna do every, that. This that's every. That's every. I want to say every podcast. That's every. Uh, that's every class that I, I think I have though. Like you ask for questions, and everyone just, especially in the Zoom days now, like everyone just kind of. I don't know if they're sitting there or not. I I have no idea if anybody's there. Oh, yeah, just, none of them turn their cameras on. Yeah, well, yeah. So well, I brought like two. So I brought this up as a, as a student advisor as well to the program. I brought this up to the director and the dean, associate dean. I'm saying, like, can I force a student to turn on their camera? And everybody in the beginning of the pandemic was worried about privacy concerns, right? Because, like, halfway through my spring semester last year, we switched to online. But I was like, wait a minute. That's changed now in the Zoom days. You can put a background on. So now I can force you to come on camera 
because you can put a background on because I want to know that you're sitting there in front of there because if I'm going to sit there in front of there, you're asking to sit there in front of there, right? And I grant, I grant the, the, the argument, the flip side of it, no matter what, you're getting paid. I get it. I'm getting paid. But I don't, I didn't get into the teaching game to get paid. It's not like we're making you know millions off our side hustle here, right? We're doing it because we want to make a little extra cash on the same side of like improve our knowledge that we don't think we're actually improving, but you are as well as your skill sets, like you are as a teacher and as well as like teaching the youth to be better than you are. As I like to say, like when you hit your 14 year in the field, I want you to be exponentially better because you learned these skill sets earlier on in your career that I wish I would have learned on learned early like you know that i end up learning later in my career right so it's like that otherwise just to jump in too because like there for me there wasn't reverse engineering in in college yeah i didn't i didn't have any of that and these kids can now take as a as a course introduction or software reverse engineering and like you can have that from the jump and i had to wait like a, a year or two at least in my professional career before that even just like accidentally showed up on my radar and now you know you want you want to impart some sort of knowledge as a good starting point, and then if if I don't know that you care, do you care? And I don't know if you care. I don't know if any of these kids care. I hope that, they do. I want them to care. So we always like we generally find in our class we have at least a solid like five that really care, and of those five, <laughs> probably two to three were like you could probably have a future in the field, but m- most of the rest are just like. The key we have with our class is like we're not gonna gonna hold your hand through every single step of the process. Like absolutely, we take you nope. through and teach you the basics of doing like your your network mapping. We spend like five seconds on vulnerability scanning, and we're like, don't rely on vulnerability scanning. This is not gonna help you in any of the labs or any of the future of this class. And every student funny. will be like, let's get Nessus up and do a Nessus vulnerability scan. And they're like, Nessus says there's no criticals, nothing I can do. And it's like, you, like we've stressed this every class, do not trust your vulnerability scanner. You have to actually go to Google and see what Google says about all the different services you've found. And, and then now, and sure. Like, that's the thing. One of the things I want to change is currently our class is all like, we use the step forward platform. So everything's sort of locked into a restricted environment. So they're not really like able to hit the internet and stuff like that. So one of the ways I want to change the class is sort of focus more on giving them different, like try hack me and ha- hack the box rooms to do as labs outside of class. And then I want to build this, fully like virtual environment like full a real corporate environment that will live in like azure and i'll spin it up for the final and there'll be a company website and they have to do some osint find the email addresses fish their way into this virtual organization i've created and move laterally once they get in and actually like do a real pen test as opposed to like in a in a like restricted non-internet accessible lab environment can you imagine having this class as, as like a senior when you were in college back in, you know, 2015, right? Wouldn't that have been cool? That's like 15? <laughs> yeah. Senior? Oh, I'm sorry, 2020 last year? I, th- I mean, there's so much like, I remember the coolest class I had. I remember my buddy had like was doing working a bank job as an intern and they sent him to security plus training in tw- like 2006. 
and he's like i got this disc of like what they said were all hacking tools i'm like fuck yeah what's in the the cd-rom drive and check them out you know what i mean you're just like yeah (laughs) but yeah like that's the thing the world like the whole world of all the all of information security has become so much more accessible now like i remember back in the day there was nowhere to like play around. There was no, there was no try hack me. There was no hack the box. There was no, no. virtual environments of any kind. And it's like even before YouTube. Like, I remember back in the back in the old days, uh, like the '90s, getting like Netbus and WinNuke, and like you get these things, and you're just like, all right, let's see what's gonna happen here. Like, I remember going on AOL Instant Messenger and firing off a message to everyone on my list, like check out this uh, Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape. And it's really the Netbus Trojan that you're getting them to run that's gonna, then going to connect back to my Netbus server that I can then manipulate their computer. And it's like, you had to do stuff illegally back in the day. Whereas today, there's so many legal options that that's like the the ethical portion of our ethical penetration testing class is just me saying like, don't do something stupid now because you don't have to anymore. There's no reason to do things illegal anymore to learn this field. You can learn this field yeah. with the resources available. There's so many of free, even like there's so many even trial if you need to need like a 30 day. And you don't like, I don't know if you, you both tell your students this, if you can go to any vendor out there and be like, Hey, I'm working on this thing this semester. Can I get an API key or a login for 30 days? I've never had a vendor tell me no. I've had Maltigo. I've had, you know, shout out Maltigo, Gray Noise. They gave my students like full access, like to the API stuff. I mean, I ran it, but like I, I could bounce it off their whole system. Like all this other stuff like that exists out there. That if students just say, I mean, most time, if you're like, hey, I'm doing this for a semester, they'll give you like a 30 day license or a 60 day license. And it'll just expire anyways. And like, if they want to throttle you, they can easily throttle you into a bin on their side, you know, the administrator side. So like between that, the free resources and just asking as a student doing research, you know what I mean? It's so easy. Even as an instructor now, you can get a whole bunch of freebies for your kids just by asking. Like you just, you just, you know, send an email like, Hey, do you guys have the software we can get for for a, a license? For thirty days, IDA? sixty days. I mean, can I say that out? Then you ask. Absolutely, IDA? we yeah, we have we have an idle uh, an IDA student license that's valid for thirty. I'm sorry, three months in the course this year. So, and that's a multi hundred thousand dollars platform thing. Like that's that's I'll not cheap. Given how stingy they are, I mean, that's, that's shocking. Well, it's the money, man. Well, you know, hold on, I gotta get it radar this year too. Or sorry, Binja, I gotta get Binja for the kids too. Binja, and I give not, them options, man. Because not radar, it's radar e. Remember. Ra- whatever it's, it's not the other uh, one because that's it's not Sergei the, it's not the radar it's not the chug monster not that one yeah i've uh, i've i've used radar e on ctfs and been like what the hell am i doing with my life right now like why such a nightmare i bought i bought a personal license of binja and i even hit up like it was on a, like some some plugin that wasn't working and jordan was the person that responded that's I almost cool. said, Jordan, hey, it's Kyle from the podcast. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to give that a look next uh, next CTF I have that has reversing challenges to give it a shot because, like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm so over radar e. Radar e. Yes, I feel like it's a Mario thing, but I mean, <laughs> you know, we're we're at that key key point in time where you know, fun has ended. It doesn't end. It never ends, Kyle. I think it's just that you're a stickler for time and respect. I, say, I still have like three quarters of my six beer right I'm now. I'm a stickler for beer, and then I'm not all out of. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, look at the. Oh my goodness, that guy has. He has like five icy lights there. I've almost finished a six pack right now. Well, I appreciate you. What an ant hero. I, I miss you know I miss going out to the bar and having like the pitcher show up at the table with with your wings like you you know I'm, I miss tipping tipping the staff appropriately as they've taken care of me all evening and I look forward to showing up at Barside someday oh, and yeah. uh, watching everybody use the Twitch platforms and the discords I don't know what those things are but I can't wait to someday <laughs> see you totally, and Kyle in the same bar uh where we have beers what well, the, the funny thing is like i've met probably like what i would say 90 percent of our guests know what i look like in person but i'd say 100 percent of our, like 90 percent of our guests have no idea what you look like david and you don't know what most of our guests look like to the fact that maybe like it was my my boss joked like oh yeah she's like i think like you know one of her peers was like i don't know if he's four feet tall or eight feet tall you know what i mean you just don't know i'm yeah. always eight feet tall man I was like, you should probably go for eight feet tall. Yeah, it is nice absolutely. to finally put a face to the voice I've been hearing. <laughs> but I've been hearing that voice at 1.8x speed, and it's always weird to hear someone's voice at regular speed when you're used to them talking at 1.8x speed. Do you even uh, understand me? Because I feel like I mumble as it is. For like Kyle at <laughs> 1x speed has to be like inaudible. It's it's interesting. The the one key I will that's, say yes. That's a yes. So the 1.8x speed one thing that i always tell everyone i mean i even gave a fire talk on this at one of the in-person bar sides so it's not recorded but the key to uh if i don't know if you guys have your cissp or anything where you have to have cpes you listen to podcasts at 1.8x speed but you report them for on your cpes at 1x speed so oh, now yeah. all of a sudden you have a 60 minute podcast that only took you 30 minutes of your time, but you're reporting it for 60 minutes. Absolutely. You were so our, wait, wait, wait. Does, does our podcast count for like somebody's continuing education credit? Do, I, we... I'm going to put you on my CIS, CISSP probably this year. Cause why not? absolutely should. I, I put first podcasts on there. So like I, I've done, uh, I've done all kinds of different podcasts on there. I, usually my uh, CPEs are all podcasts. Cause I'm like, they don't require me to actually say anything about what I learned or did. So I'm just like, yeah, I just have listened to this entire year worth of podcasts. You guys don't listen. If I'm sorry, if you're listening out there and uh, uh, this is, this is going to be straight from me. If you need it, uh, we are here to provide you CPEs. I will give everybody all of the CPEs that they need. Just show up on podcasts and talk to us for. Uh, I mean, I, I, pro I propose this in uh, the, I'm part of the, uh, Hacking is not a crime advocates, and we have someone lined up coming up. If anybody's listening and you've got this far into the podcast, I want you on the podcast. David wants you on the podcast. I we both, you know, we're near the end of our like, you know, reaching out to our own community Life. here. Oh no, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Like, I, <laughs> like, you know, please reach out. Like I've, I jokedly said it last podcast with Selena, like I want to be on other people's podcasts. So I want people to ask me, but like, uh, this is an open offer. You want to be on the podcast? Shoot us a DM. Shoot Jimmy at the Moscow Mules DM. Like uh, and subscribe. Uh, yeah, talk to us. We're out there, right? Justin, how can people get a hold of you? I'm going to link all this in the show notes, but how do they get a hold of you, Bar Sides? So yeah, how, can I, how can I get involved with Bar Sides after the pandemic or actually during the pandemic? So there's like a million ways. So barsides.com, the website has links to all the Barside social media. So we've got a LinkedIn page. We've got Discord. We've got Twitch. We've got YouTube. Um, myself at Justin Forbes on Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. And then Rust Belt Security will eventually have a website as soon as I get done doing Barside stuff. It's constantly in development, but uh, also a at Rust Belt Sec uh, Twitter account, but nothing there currently. If you have any more plugs, you're going to have to pay us money. That was a lot of plugs. Yeah. I was going to say, here's the, the thing about me is I constantly like people are like oh yeah like i've got something going on the back burner like my stove is full like i've got stuff that i'm working on that i'm not even plugging right now because <laughs> i've still got more ideas for things i want to do and i hope to someday down the line be able to reveal those but the world needs hustlers so thank you for for getting out there and uh doing stuff man i think i should start like auditing like or like adding audio to these podcasts right because i think we can do like 10 seconds of someone else is like of audio so i can but every day i'm hustling every day i'm hustling <laughs> you can just yeah, throw it in that fair use limit yeah like, what is the fair use limit isn't it like 10 seconds or something i don't re- yeah i don't remember what it is that's the other thing like having done the the bar size thing now is like having to deal with that like fair use so like on my twitch stream i make sure i use uh so if you're interested in any music humble bundle right now has uh music packs available that are um of you can use them on streaming because you get the full rights to them when you buy them so that's good i mean long as it's like if it's under 10 seconds i'll just do 6.9 seconds and we'll be good to go oh my man just hit me hit me right here well justin it's been great having you on obviously don't go anywhere i'm just gonna hit stop on the recording i say that every single time and i end up cutting this part out which means i have to listen to all this far in so not always, because I've heard it many times. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Mate, you know what? This time, fuck it, do it live. Do it live. <laughs> but uh, it's been great. Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I know last time I, I actually saw you, we were at Trist, and we went and got uh, the hot dog. Play. No. Yeah. You went to the dive bar. Yeah, we went to that dive bar up the road. What is that dive bar? Anyways. Hotdogs.com. I know where it is. I don't know what it's called at the top of head. But as we like to close out every single podcast with my empty glass, stay thirsty, everybody. And Justin's empty can't stay thirsty. Icy light. Icy light. Give us some money. Bye-bye. Cheers.